Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, here's the good news. The governors of New Jersey and Connecticut have announced that schools will reopen in September. And here's the bad news. They do not have a precise or specific set of guidelines as to how this is going to happen. In fact, they're saying that they will let the individual school districts decide and determine how to proceed in terms of making sure that all the right safety precautions are taken. And the governors did not add any suggestions on how school districts will pay for all these new safety precautions either. Hmm. As for New York State, well, there's still no answer as to whether schools will open in September. Neither the, uh, the Board of Regents, which oversees education in New York, or Governor Cuomo have made a decision as to whether schools will open. And, of course, there's no decision yet regarding high school sports, since, of course, education comes first. And that's a given. We know that. I'll come back to the issue of sports, high school sports, in a moment. But first, let's put everything into perspective. For example, there was a very ominous article this past week in the the Journal News in Westchester County, in which a, a number of top educators in New York State, again, the Board of Regents, were quoted as saying that the obstacles to opening schools in the fall on time were most challenging, and as a result, they were most uncertain as to whether a return to traditional classroom teaching could be accomplished safely. In short, there was a, there was a real acknowledgement that schools and educators might have to continue with remote learning, either in full force or in some sort of partial remote computer learning. Now, again, we know about remote learning. It's a real concern 
because in a recent report this past uh, this past week from the Harvard School of Public Health, remote learning, quite frankly, is simply not working well. And I quote from this uh, study. Uh, the experience of virtual classrooms in several big cities showed that substantial numbers of students did not log in on a regular basis, risking a generation of not just virtual absentees, but virtual school dropouts. And in Boston, for example, 20% of students didn't log into class at all during the month of May. In Philadelphia, only half of the elementary school kids made daily contact with their classes, end quote. Now, so, you know, we know that's a real hassle, real problem as well. And for parents who are working at home, having to obviously, you know, keep an eye on their kids in class, this is all not good news. Okay, so we do know there are all sorts of suggestions floating about having the kids physically return to the classroom. Maybe the schools will stagger the hours or stagger the days when the kids come into class, uh, put the kids in groups of 10 and keep those groups of 10 moving out in the, to classes uh, throughout the day. Obviously, uh, face masks are going to be mandatory all the time. There's going to have to be see-through uh, barriers uh, installed and so on. But the problem with schools reopening complicates all of this because, let's face it, we know that to get to schools, well, many of the school buses are driven by, by uh, older people. Uh, who obviously are, are considered to be the target demographic for, the, for COVID. Teachers are also very wary of being in a classroom with kids who may be infected. Same with cafeteria workers and, of course, coaches as well. It's going to be quite a challenge for the schools. Okay, that's their backdrop. Let's bring us all back now to high school sports. Here's the problem as I see this. And by the way, friends, I'm looking for discussion this morning. We're at a point now where we're desperate for solutions, and I'll be glad to take your calls and talk about this at one 337 I do have some, some thoughts I want to share with you. But here's the thing with high school sports. High school age athletes and even college kids, well, they do contract the virus. But the reality is, according to the statistics, those kids in that age bracket, they don't really die all that often from the disease. In other words, this is a, a disease is really more targeted at older people, not, not kids in their teenage years. Yeah, the kids get sick, and maybe they feel lousy for a few days, but they bounce back pretty quickly. But again, they do carry the disease and can easily spread it to the key people in their lives, including their parents, grandparents, teachers, athletic directors, referees, umpires, and coaches, Again, presumably because those people are all older than the teenagers are. In other words, as I said, it's an older segment of the population which is much more vulnerable. And again, that's, that gets down to high school sports. Now, again, we know that already, that in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, they're progressing towards having youth and amateur sports start to begin practicing in the next few weeks. That, that's been announced. But with a tacit presumption that kids will report to these sessions uh, and, and will stay, obviously, under the guidelines. My sense is that those individuals, those older individuals, will have to focus on, will have to focus on those because if they catch the virus, they're going to have a much more difficult time or challenge in terms of overcoming the, uh, the infection and becoming healthy again. Okay, here's my concern. One. Is this possible as a, as a solution? And again, I'm just looking for ideas here, and I'm hoping you'll have some thoughts as well. Maybe we can get coaches to coach their teams remotely. 
Now, let me, deter- let me define what that means. And I know, of course, this is not an ideal solution, but it's at least possible. In other words, should we have, for example, coaches who are under the age of 30? Well, because they're not so much at risk, uh, they can actually work with the kids uh, on the sidelines, perhaps you know during games or in practice sessions, where obviously they're going to be in closer proximity to the players. But the older coaches... Well, they can stay maybe 50, 60 yards away from the kids, the practice field or the, the, the basketball court, where it might be. They can stay in constant contact with the coaches who are younger on the sidelines by using cell phones. I mean, I, I just have a sense that that might be something to consider, much in the same way that uh, with, with football, you often see the uh, assistant coaches uh, up in a press box or up on the up high away from the field where they get a much better sense of perspective. Uh, and they're obviously using their headsets to talk to the coaches on the sidelines. Is that something that we should consider with, with coaches and kids to make sure we protect the, the, the coaches over the age of 30 or 35? Again, they can talk all the time to, to their, their, uh, their associates, their associate coaches on the sidelines, and coach that way. Again, I realize that's not an ideal situation. We know that, but maybe that's the way at least try this to at least so we can get kids and, and, and teams back, back in line. I mean, it's as simple as that. I... I I think that's something to consider. The other thought, and again, we, we you know, we, we're, we're already hearing, for example, in New Jersey, uh, the, the State Athletic Association is already warning us that uh, this fall's high school sports season, well, it may start later, uh, then there may be fewer games. Um, the, the road games with school uh, with opposing uh, opponents uh, are going to be a shorter distance away. And we also, quite frankly, have to be prepared to quickly shut things down if there's an uptick in cases, in COVID cases. So it's going to be a very unusual and a very challenging fall sports season. It's going to be different, a lot different. And, of course, we're all waiting and hoping and praying that a vaccine is available soon. But we know we keep hearing from Dr. Fauci, don't expect that until at least the end of the calendar year. Okay, let's let's get some let's get into this, because um, the other thought I have, too, is maybe maybe we have to turn more to travel and club teams because they are away from school grounds. And maybe that's going to be a possible solution and all this, that the kids, especially those athletes who, who play already on travel teams, are going to say, you know, I'm just going to bypass the, uh, the high school sports and just play with my travel program. And that may be, that may be the way how this thing all plays out. one 337 Let's start our conversation this morning with, uh, with Ed Ward over in Elizabeth. Ed, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, Rick. How are you doing? I'm good, Ed. How are you? Good. Uh, I'm, I'm going to talk about the, the travel uh, sports right now because I think until the high school stuff gets rectified that that's going to be a big thing. And uh, there's an organization in, uh, along the uh, East Coast called U.S. Elite. Um, they're out of Pennsylvania, but they got they got teams all over, including in the tri-state area. Uh, what they what they did this weekend was they had they got the minor league ballpark out of the Pittsburgh Pirates in Altoona, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. along with other fields. And what they did was they live streamed all the games to all the college coaches. Right. Especially now that D one has been, you know, now they can't go out to August uh, after August thirty first, hopefully, and all that stuff. 
So that that's going to be a way of trying to help these, these kids get into college. But not only that, hopefully your high school coach is on the ball working on uh, trying to help promote your players. I, yesterday I had a coach, a coach call me, uh, Chris Roof, the head baseball coach at Governor Livingston, one of the top coaches in the state of New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And he was, get, he was getting opinions of me uh, on, on certain baseball programs and their coaches, I guess because he feels I have knowledge with them because he does a great job promoting his kids to schools and he's already got videos lined up for the kids and all that. Um, get now, now with, with, with the high school season, I, I saw uh, Colleen McGuire's uh, speech uh, for the NGSI yesterday when I was home uh, yes. looking, looking on my computer. Right. I, I, I really feel it's going to happen. You know, seasons are going to be cut shorter. And uh, they, by the way, the bus companies, they are raking, um, they are raking uh, the, the school districts. A friend of mine, the, Tom Stead, the athletic director at New Brunswick High School, he said already, because he's starting to work on his bus schedule for, for the upcoming season, They've tripled the bus prices already. So, uh, <laughs> well, it, that's, it, 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 I mean, that's that's not that's not right. And and you know, I, I agree with you. I agree with you, especially when you've had a contract. Yeah. You know, if, if if this is you know you know how it is, they all go out on bids and all that stuff. And uh, well, here's the he, thing. He said it's amazing. I mean, go back to Colleen uh, and her comments, uh, and she did that very nice video trying to outline what I was happening. I thought she did a great job, Rick. Yeah, she did. she did a tremendous job explaining. And at the end of it, she does say, uh, after she presents all, all the aspects of this, she does say, look, this is we have to be prepared that uh, for this fall, it's not going to be like last fall in terms of high school sports. Prepare that we may start later, we may end sooner, we may not go on many long road trips, maybe fewer playoff games. But she was sort of giving, uh, sort of giving real uh, heads up to uh, high school sports in the state of New Jersey that it's going to be different, and and it may not be, um, it may not be ideal, and it does not sound what she's saying. It's not going to be what it was last year. It's going to be just um, perhaps an abbreviated situation. And of course, the thing she had to say, which we all agree with, if there's any kind of uh, uptick or surge in COVID cases, uh, then they're going to have to just basically be prepared to shut everything down. And, and Ed, I, as far as the bus companies, I mean, I, I just think that's wrong. Now, I'm sure they're thinking, well, we have older employees, mostly maybe, or maybe they're people who are obviously, um, they're concerned about legal liability and so on and so forth. All this stuff has to be worked out, and, and again, when we hear, you know, the the, uh, the educators saying it's going to be a challenge, and we still haven't figured this out yet, and ultimately it's going to be up to the individual school districts to figure this out. That that's and who's paying for this? I mean, you said if the, if the buses are going to triple their cost, who's going to pay for all this stuff? It's really, really oh, I know what. I mean, it's nuts. Why well, do I know? And I don't know if you're aware. College of New Jersey already has canceled their full full sports seasons already for on a D three uh, sports level. And and I read yesterday where Morehouse College, uh, you know, uh, their Division two football down south, they canceled their football season uh, because they just said, look, uh, for one thing, we we just don't think it's going to be uh, economically feasible, even to get our football players tested at the college level. Uh, they were saying it cost uh, anywhere up to one hundred and forty dollars uh, an individual. Uh, to get each kid tested, and they said, we don't have that kind of money to do these things. So rather than take a risk, we're just going to say, I'm sorry, uh, we're just not going to have a football season this year. And I think that's, you know, the economics eventually get involved in all this, Ed, as you know, and this is a real hard, hard call. 
And uh, yeah, we just hope that we can figure out a way to figure this out. But again, I'm glad to hear that that you know U.S. Elite is at least trying to figure out with with having the the, the live streaming. Uh, and hopefully, I assume they're taking pretty good precautions with their their, their kids uh, in terms of their tryouts and and so on and so forth. Uh, well, yeah, the, that they are. The, the, I know because I know the, the two state directors in New Jersey, and they they they. they they already had the itinerary planned out for their social distancing, mm-hmm. how to run things and all that. But, you know, if, if you know, if, if parents and players are looking to get in the college, um, they're going to have to have video ready. That, that's the way yeah. it's going to be done, especially if they possibly have a dream of maybe playing Division One on yes. it because – that's the way it's got to be until right. until this virus thing gets gets finally finally cleared up. No, I agree. I agree. Ed, thank you as always for your insights and your uh, your information. Appreciate it. Talk to you next week. Uh, you know, and and Ed is making good points about this stuff. Uh, you know, as I said a few minutes ago, it may be that we turn now to our kids uh, if they want to get videotaped uh, to be uh, recruited for college. It may just be that uh, we go and rely more uh, on the travel programs and club teams and showcases because assuming that they're all well-maintained and they're basically uh, you know, providing all the protection we want for our kids, uh, that may be the, 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 the way to go in terms of trying to figure out how we sort of outsmart this, uh, this virus and try to, to let our kids keep playing competitive sports. All right, let me take a time out. We're talking about we're trying to find solutions here. For our kids who are in their teenage years when it comes to uh, to high school sports and travel teams and whatever, one 337 6666. And welcome back to the Sports Edge. You know, we're in late June and school is supposed to start uh, in a little more than two months and obviously with the start uh, of the of the uh, the school year uh, high school sports return and obviously there's practice sessions uh, leading up to uh, September and right now we're getting all sorts of mixed messages there's a lot of chaos a lot of confusion as to a whether or not sco- schools are going to start uh, and start how they're going to start we know in New Jersey we know in Connecticut those respective governors have said no we're going to have school begin in September no question about it but we just don't know how that's going to happen in in terms of uh, whether it's going to mean that kids go to school different hours different days so on so forth how do they get there how does it work with buses and how does this all have an effect on high school sports and coaches and uh, we also know in New York State Governor Cuomo still hasn't decided whether he wants the schools to open in September and if they do how it's going to happen and again we know education is always the top priority. We know that. But again, for those kids and parents who want to see kids go back and play sports again, I, we're still waiting to figure this out. Particularly, it gets complicated because we've been told that kids can go back and play, you know, uh, some of the low-key or, or low-risk sports in, in a couple of weeks. So how does this all play out? Now, we're talking for solutions here. I mentioned a few minutes ago that maybe this is a time where travel teams can step up and fill in the void. Uh, if your kid is 
let's be honest, if your kid's a serious athlete or wants has real aspirations to play uh, sports, uh, you know, at, at a more elite level, then the travel programs might be something to really seriously consider. Uh, so long as, A, you understand, and I keep always repeating this all the time, that travel programs uh, are under no uh, obligation or no, are not overseen by any state agency. Uh, they do not report to the high school programs. They are run as independent for-profit operations. And as such, as a parent, you got to do your own homework, your own due diligence to make sure that if your kid's playing on a travel soccer or softball or field hockey, whatever it might be, baseball, you got to make sure that the travel program is actually providing the kind of protection and precautions to make sure those kids are safe and don't transmit COVID uh, back to you uh, or to your loved ones. That's number one. Number two is you got to make sure that the, the, the travel programs are hopefully working at a fairly uh, ethical basis, that uh, they are charging the right amount of money. Because again, if the things don't seem to be right to you, well, you know, there's nobody to complain to. This is all caveat emptor. Let the buyer beware. Uh, you have to understand this is, this is again, for-profit operations. I'm not trying to suggest that all the travel programs are bad. No, of course not. Many of them are well-run. And I'm Obviously, they do the right things for their kids, but do your homework. It's as simple as that. Let's return to our calls. Let's go to uh, let's go to uh, to Jim out in Huntington. Jim, good morning. You're next up on the fan. Good morning, Rick. How you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, as an athletic director, high school athletic director, I obviously have major issues with using travel ball as the as the go to. And I, I mean, I can see that if we're not able to have any sports at all. But one of the problems we have here in New York is Governor Cuomo just allowed travel teams to play, but they can't play on school grounds. Yep. They can play somewhere else. And they can they have to start progressing slowly. Nobody's progressing slowly. If you go out and drive around, they've actually been playing games here on Long Island. The baseball games that I drove by South Woodbury Park the other night, softball games are going on. There's no rules being followed here. There's no progression of training going on here. And that's the biggest problem I have with travel ball taking the place of high school. Uh, the second point I have on that is the educational part of it. Coaches, there are some travel coaches that are uh, certified coaches in high schools. But travel ball doesn't have that as a criteria necessarily. Yep. Um, we need six or seven certifications in order to coach in high school. We have to use the educational framework for athletics in high school sports. Yep. It's an extension of the curriculum in high school. So you talk about education, high school sports is about education. Well, they're educators. They're, they're educators. I mean, no question about it. They're, as you said, they're licensed and regulated and overseen by professionals like yourself. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but travel programs don't, don't have that kind of restriction. No, and to, but to allow them to have carte blanche and it also becomes an arms race because travel ball costs money so now it becomes exclusionary yeah, because where it's a pay-for-play situation you, you know you know these are these are the things that bother me about that and there's not every sport does not have travel football doesn't have travel golf doesn't have travel bowling doesn't have travel fencing doesn't have travel you know so we would have to form travel teams for every sport that's not included in the normal high school offering Jim everything you just said I, I hear you, and I agree with you. Uh, but you know, we also are at very, very unusual times, 
And, uh, you know, this is, I mean, for example, football, nobody has even come close to suggesting how in the world high school football is going to take place this, this September. Because, again, if you're talking about social distancing, you're talking about, about fa- face masks and so on and so forth, uh, it's hard to understand or comprehend how football could take place. Uh, so nobody's even discussing that, and I agree with you that there are no travel teams for football. Uh, maybe there are in other parts of the country, but not around here. As far as empowering travel programs, yes, and I hear you, because I keep getting reports as well that there are all sorts of uh, baseball games, softball games, Games popping up all over the place, and there's sort of like a casual attitude about, okay, yeah, we'll bring some sanitizer, yeah, we'll, we'll make sure we, uh, you know, keep some distance when we can, but it's not like uh, it's not like strictly enforced because again, nobody's there to really watch over this, and there are theoretically no no really direct punishments. Jim, I don't know, but I do have a sense, and I'm, I feel for you and athletic directors, you guys got to be going nuts trying to figure all this out. I'm sure you're getting a zillion phone calls and emails every day from the parents in, in, your, in your community. We, we have, and, and I'm also on the New York State Task Force, and we've, we've been given the, the um, document from the National Federation of High Schools that shows us how to return to play. What we're waiting for in New York is we're just waiting for Governor Cuomo to give us a date where we can begin the proper return-to-play protocols to ensure safety for all our student-athletes. Yeah, well, I mean, we're still waiting, and, and uh, uh, you know, I... <laughs> He doesn't. He's not given any any particular um, deadline as to when he's going to decide. Uh, you know, he he's uh, he's taking his time, and that's fine. That's prudent. Uh, but I, I and the task force in New York State, we're just waiting. I mean, we're still waiting, and and I I don't know. I, I hate this being a situation where all of a sudden it waits and waits and waits, and then when the restrictions come, you talk about the uh, the CDC or the National Federation of High Schools. You know, I reviewed those guidelines uh, a week or so ago on the show. They are daunting. They are complicated, Jim, as you well know. They're going to be hard to put together and enforce, and again, it's going to cost money. I'm not sure school districts are going to have the wherewithal to, to pay for that stuff. How, how do you handle that? It's... The money aspect is something we always worry about. July 15th is the big date, as every school district in New York has been given the task of coming up with a plan to reopen. Yep. And regardless of how that plan reopens, whatever we have to do to adapt to that plan to reopen has to be made. A couple of weeks ago, you talked about, you were talking with Mike Spina about changing sports seasons and things yep. like that. You know, it's it's a matter of adaptation at this point. So again, this is all a waiting game. And anything that's been put out by other uh, organizations about what they're going to do to return to play or other states, that's something we're going to try to use as well. I mean, the important part here is to not send kids home to learn at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, we've got to find a way to play once they let us play. Yeah, I, I look – I, I, everything that I said, I agree with you. These are the real concerns, and you're right there in the epicenter of it, Jim, because as an athletic director, you know uh, every day you wake up to, you know, what happens today? What are the rules? What's going to change? It's unbelievable, and, and uh, I feel for you, and I feel for the kids. I feel for the parents, educators. It is quite a mess. Jim, let me get some other calls here. Thank you. Uh, thank you for your thoughts. Appreciate it. Let's move on. Let's go, to, uh, let's go to Rob out in Lake Success. Hey, Rob, good morning. You're next up on The Fan. Rick, I got to tell you something. It's always a great listen, and I was talking to Jack. Me and Jack always reconvene early to discuss what, what your topic's going to be, and he's got some great points if you can get to him later. Um, 
This previous caller was brilliant. Absolutely spot on. I cannot disagree with Ed Moore. I hate to put down a caller, but travel, as, as your previous caller said, is a luxury. It, it, it's, it's uncontrolled. There's no regulations. It, it's, a not, it's a profit organization for the people who run it. Nothing against the travel, but in these pandemic situations, we have to look at what's going on in the world. It's a microcosm. We're basically all walking around with masks, or at least we're supposed to. Yep. Um, and, and realistically, here's how I see it. Number one, I told you, Rick, I had, I had the virus. I got through it. It was, it, it was just a bad cold for me. But I was lucky because I'm fortunate. I was, um, I'm in good shape, and, 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 and I was able to fight it off. Other people might not be. I think we have to look at the way the world is running right now. We have to go wear masks. I don't think football, there's no way we can have high school football. College football is not going to happen. Any of these type of sports where there's going to be constantly 20, 30 guys on the field at a time, referees, as far as officials, they're going to have to wear masks. Here's another point I want to throw out. Every single day at practice, the coaches, as the older gentlemen or, or women, they should be wearing masks. Yep. The kids should at least try to wear masks at the start of a practice, depending on what the sport's going to be going on. I mean, a, a cross-country kid can't wear a mask when he's running, but it's also in the open. Every kid should be taking the temperature. And when I go in now, you go to a certain areas, like I go to a doctor's office, they take your temperature. We're going to have to take, we don't have to do tests. Initially, yes, but I think every kid prior to practice, it's just a matter of the, of the coaches having a thermometer. They take these tests as far as the taking temperature. If the kids don't have a temperature, they can participate. If they're feeling sick, it's kind of an honor system. You don't coach, I don't feel good. I, I got to go home. And, and we have to look at it like the world, like we're living in right now. Now, as far as my daughter, I just want to throw one listing out. College, she's in a state school in New York. She's going to be going back to college. That's the plan right now. Um, they're going to, it's Roger. all going to be alternate days as far as I, sometime. Yeah, I, I, I hear this loud and clear. And, and you know, uh, let me just go back very quickly to, you know, kids and, and honor system. And, you know, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard pressed to, to ask a high school kid who wants to compete in a, in a, in a, in a meet or a game, whatever it might be, and say, well, you got to be honest with us. If you aren't feeling well, you got to tell us because you're going to basically not be able to play that day. Kids aren't going to do that. They're going to say, ah, I'm just, uh, I'll be fine. No problem. I, I, I think we're putting, um, and I hear you and I agree with you. I, I just am very, I'm very, very concerned about high school football. I, I just don't know how that's going to happen. I mean, it, it's going to be because it's such a full contact in your face sport. And that's where this is a disease, which is obviously spread virally, uh, you know, through the air. I, I don't know how they can figure this out. Um, and, and as far as the other sports, uh, I, I, you know, travel programs, as I said, I'm looking for any other way to help accommodate the kids uh, because obviously they, they're going to be the victims here in the sense that they're going to be losing a lot of their, their spring semester, maybe the fall semester. We want to see what they can do. And, and I, I, it's just, we're looking for ideas here. And I, you know, uh, listening to the last caller, uh, you know, Jim, the athletic director from Huntington. Yeah, July 15th, we'll get some guidelines, but maybe we won't get guidelines. Maybe more confusion after that. Uh, it, it is very, very difficult, Rob, to figure out what's going to happen next. Rob, let me move on. Thank, thank you for your thoughts. Appreciate it. Let me move on to, um, quickly to, uh, to John in Fort Lee. John, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, guys. Um, high school coach for over 30 years uh, up in Fort Lee. Yep. Uh, we, had our co- we had our coaches meeting the other day, and uh, high school coaches are scared. Like, we really are scared. Uh, the gentleman who was the athletic director uh, out in Long Island, he hit the nail on the head. Um, 
I don't know how we're going to do it, but the problem is, if, if in my opinion, the club teams are not the answer. Um, I know kids who are playing six soccer games this weekend. There is no way these guys are policing like the high school sports are. Yeah. Like, number one, and, and the gentleman who just called, he said the coaches, and, and I don't want to pick on things, but this is how different it is everywhere. The coaches just check their temperature. It doesn't work that way in New Jersey. The coaches cannot be the one to te- check the temperature because how many coaches are going to say, oh, well, we're close, but we're okay. Let's move on. Uh, you're okay today, Billy. Uh, somebody else somebody else has to check the temperature. So what happens if you have one team down at a park, one team at the school, one team at uh, another building? You have to be able to have somebody check the temperature, somebody – like the athletic director uh, or the trainer. And, and at Fort Lee High School, we have a tremendous athletic director and trainer, but there's only two of them. What are they going to do? How are they going to police this? And there, there's no way the club teams are doing this. There's I, no way. I, I hear you, and that's what I said before. I read that uh, Morehouse College, uh, a Division II uh, football program, said, we're going to cancel the season. Not a game. We're not going to start late. We're canceling the season because, for one thing, to test the kids on the football team, and I presumably have 40, 50, 60 guys in the team, they say, we can't afford to do this. It's going to cost 140 bucks a kid, and presumably they'll test the kids every so often. We don't have that kind of money in the budget to do this. Certainly at the high school level, even if you have booster clubs and obviously parents who want to help the kids play football, who's going to do that? And to your other point, yeah, the concern, as I mentioned before, and I meant I thought I made my point pretty clear, if your kid's going to play in a travel or club team, it now falls upon you as the parent to be the watchdog to make sure your kid is being, there's enough precautions and, and, and sanitizer and spacing and face masks, whatever it might be, because you can't rely upon the travel teams uh, and the coaches to do all that stuff for you as they would do if your kid played on a high school team. Uh, it's, just, it's just a different world. It's really a tremendous amount of risk. John, John, I don't really know what the answer is here, but uh, I, I think we're getting to a point, and John, thank you for your call this morning. I think we're getting to a point uh, where we have to make some really hard decisions for our kids uh, in terms of high school sports for the fall. And um, yeah, it may not be popular, that's for sure, but we're, we're hearing from people uh, like, like John in Fort Lee and, and longtime AD and Jim, a longtime AD in Huntington, Long Island, we're getting concerns here. We're getting real. These are the guys and, and women on the front line, and, and we're getting real concerns about this stuff. All right, let me, let me take a pause. When I come back, I'll go right back to your calls, one 337 Hey, at uh, 9 o'clock this morning, following the Sports Edge, uh, Susan Waldman and Howie Rose will be along, and they'll be talking about the uh, the upcoming Major League Baseball season, which will be uh, an interesting uh, season to be sure, with a shortened schedule and, and so on and so forth. But again, uh, that's uh, Susan and Howie at 9 o'clock this morning. Uh, and you can always uh, check out the, the podcast of uh, the Sports Edge. You can either go to W. 
fan.com and find the link for podcasts and find my, my name and the Sports Edge. Or you can also find the podcast of, of past shows at askcoachwolf.com. Uh, right now, we're trying to get a sense of what's going to happen uh, later this, uh, this summer and into the fall. We're talking about possible ways that we can figure out how we can get our kids back playing high school sports again. Uh, I will, you've heard from the callers on the show this morning. There's a lot of concern from athletic directors about what's going to happen. There's a lot of confusion uh, as to what is, uh, what's going to be in the offing. Uh, and the ADs, uh, not surprisingly, are not particularly keen on kids playing on travel programs. Uh, as, as I suggest, it might be an alternative way to get around these concerns because the ADs point out, of course, that we know that the travel programs, uh, you have to be a little bit protective if you're a parent because the travel programs don't necessarily, they don't have any, any oversight from the states uh, in terms of um, following educational guidelines. It's, it's pretty much uh, the wild, wild west. And if your kid wants to play soccer or softball or baseball and they're playing in those kind of travel programs, well... Just make sure as a parent you watch and make sure these kids are doing the right things and the coaches are doing the right things in terms of making sure they are safe and sound. Let's continue with our calls. Let's go to our friend Jack Smithlin over in Fairlawn. Jack, good morning. You're up on the fan. How are you, Rick? I'm good, Jack. Um, hope, all, hope all's well with you and your family. Uh, you know, I, I I could talk about this for hours. I mean, once again, I mean, an hour is not enough time. This show has been an excellent show. You had excellent people. Rob was right on target. The AD was on target. The coach from Fort Lee was on target. You know, but here's some of my theories. First of all, I, I, I've done some research and, you know, sitting around in the house not doing a lot of things and talking to my wife who I've, you know, I've talked out. I, we, we don't have anything to say anymore. We've been together so much. But the point is, is that the research that I've done is that we talk about the club teams being the wild, wild west. Yeah. But what I found out is that during a pandemic or a crisis, the governing bodies of that state can shut those programs down at the drop of a dime. Uh-huh. And the problem, the problem is, is that, we don't have a lot of governments that are strong enough or, or gutsy enough to do that because I have a friend down in South Carolina whose son's playing ball, and it's like no, there's no virus. There's nobody's wearing masks in the stands. She said a select few that are wearing the masks remove themselves from the stands. The kids aren't wearing masks. The umpires are behind the catcher. You know, what my theory is, and, and this is something that – that I really thought about is that a lot, if you read, and I got online and I read a lot of the guidelines from these different states, and the guidelines are so confusing and so difficult to follow that they're hoping that you can't follow those guidelines and you don't play because this, you know, they don't know enough about this virus yet to realize the damages that it's going to do or could do. So why put our kids in jeopardy? Why send our kids out? You know, the parents are so reluctant, so so free to let their kids go out and play because they've been in the house so long and they need socialization. And like you said at the beginning of the show, and you're 100% correct, it's not the kids that we're worrying about, but it's the other people. But when a kid gets it, a lot of the times, more than 50% of the times, they're asymptomatic. They don't even know they have it. Right, but right. they can still pass that on to hundreds of people, like you said at the beginning of the show. 
So, you know, I, there's just so many things right now, Rick, that are so confusing. New Jersey alone. I thought that McGuire was very good in what she said about the seasons being different, shortened, maybe starting later. But then during her conversation, if you listen to it, she said, but we're going to allow the districts to do what they want. Ed talked about the bus prices going up triple. Why? Because it's a business. Half of the teams aren't going to play, so they're going to lose half of their business. So what do they do in order to regain their money? They raise the prices on their buses. That's business. It's not a good thing to do, but that's business. Rick, this is a crazy time, and 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 your your guests today, seriously, those you know, Robin and the and the, and the AD and the coach, they were right on track, and he's well, right. Coaches are scared. Jack, I'm, I, I I'm coaching at the college level, and. You know what? I'm scared. I don't think I'm going back. I really don't. And Jack, it's it's one uh, of the every, teams. In, go ahead. I'm just saying everything you just said is is right on target. Uh, and uh, again, just to to emphasize again, it's not so much about the kids. Uh, the kids, you know, they're telling moms and dads, I want to go out and play. I feel fine. I'm okay. You know, kids don't get seriously, uh, you know, their health is not at risk from, from playing. But again, it's not about the kids. It's about the older people in their lives. And, and that's where people sort of say, well, wait a minute now. Somebody has to sort of be the grown-up here. Has somebody has to be the, the adult and say, is this really making sense? And as you said, the rules and regulations are so are so complicated and so dense. It's like you say, maybe they're trying to very subtly try to suggest, no, we don't do this. Let's wait. I don't understand. But for example, uh, you know, you mentioned, well, how how could some, let's say, in New Jersey, how school, high, some high schools may have a shortened season. What difference does it make whether you play? You know, uh, you know, ten games, or or you play twenty games. I mean, the fact is, you're still going to have the same exposure. I, I don't understand how that works. What's the difference? Either you, you're all in or you're all out. Jack, I, I, and we're talking like this is going to happen in the next uh, eight, ten weeks. I, it's just, it's just mass confusion. And I know that people are dying to have their kids go back and play sports. I get all that. But if you heard this morning from all the calls, and you said they're great, great guests, great insights. This is really. You're going head first into an area, a territory where we just, it's just, we have no idea what's going to happen. And it's, and unfortunately, and I'll say this with, with great reservation, if some coach uh, unfortunately uh, contracts the virus and dies during the fall season because he was coaching at the high school level, I mean, how, how do we deal with that? I mean, that's, that's a real, that's a real possibility. My younger son, Alex, is ready to take a cross-country trip with his girlfriend. And he's, he's, he's actually, what he's doing is driving into the fire. He's driving to the states that are now peaking the highest numbers they've had since the pandemic started. You know, you and I, I mean, you might be about 40 or 50 years old. You know, I know you're much younger than me, but <laughs> I'm, 60, I'm 68, 69. I'm going to be 69 years old, plus... They found out, now I don't know whether this is coincidental or not, but most of the elderly people that, that get the virus are asymptomatic, are, are a positive blood type. Yes. I'm an A positive yeah. blood type, you know, and here I'm coaching at the college level and I'm going to jeopardize myself. Well, you know what? Based on the love of coaching, I could be stupid enough to do it, but you know, I have a wife that's telling me, you know, don't be stupid, but you know I- what, Rick? Your show brings so much information, and I, I just wish your higher-ups would understand the importance of your show. 
I really, really do. I well, mean, Jack, this is a great show. We could talk for hours on I, this. I hear uh, you. I hear you loud and clear. And and thank you as always for your good thoughts and comments. Let me let me get some more calls. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Jack. Let's uh, let's move on to Nyack in Rockland County. Pat has been waiting patiently. Pat, uh, you're on the fan. Good morning. How are you? Yes, Pat. How are you doing? Uh, great. Uh, we had an amazing uh, talk a couple months ago about uh, when the World Series were on in the afternoon. It was great. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, real quick, I got two things for you. Yes. One thing is um, I want to talk about the clubs versus the high school. Yes. But before I even go into that, I, I wrestled in college. I wrestled in high school. Um, this this stuff with these pathogens, I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it's been an issue. And this is just – it's always been an issue. Let, let me give you an example. I remember in high school – these have these like water bottles, and everybody drinking out of the same bottle during like flu season. Uh, unbelievable! And then, and then in college, honest to God, there were these like skin things going around. I remember my college coach, and I didn't know what was going on. I'm um I'm a sophomore. He has me wrestle on a guy that he knew had this um. It was actually a herpes. I think herpes complex, which is different. It's not the STD, but it's it was a thing going around the conference. So he knows my my teammate has. He makes me has me wrestle on him off. At the end of the wrestle-off, the guy's screaming about how it's bothering him and itching him, and now I find this out. Uh, we go to the conference tournament, they throw him out because he's got it. When um, After the thing, I got it all over my face. So, unbelievable. But a um, couple of just, just – another thing about the, the, the club teams. I can remember I started coaching um, – I was coaching girls swimming at Suffern High School in 1982. Yeah. And I remember my coach – the, the guy, he was like a head coach. I had no, didn't know what I was doing. This girl swimming. He hated the AAU, the club coach. He was such stress. And my coach says this, and this coach, you know. And there was this. And even now, I, I can remember. Um, uh, I was teaching at Nyack High School in 1995. We had a guy who got a. He didn't get a scholarship. He, he, he got a ride out too. He, he played for Turkanian out in. Um, his name was Larry Abney, but he played for uh, Fresno State. Yep. And but he had to play at the community college first. But I remember him. Like, Pat, I, I, I'm losing you here. I, uh, I'm sorry, but I hear you were saying, and yeah, there are all sorts of concerns at, at the at the high school level, going back to you know wrestlers, or, you know concerns about uh, skin infections being passed along, or or MRSA, uh, which is still an ongoing concern. Uh, hockey players talk about having the gunk, which is also something to do with with, with skin irritation. Again, these are all problems that existed before. COVID-19, and they're still there. Uh, they're real concerns. Let's go quickly up to Lake George, where, where Mike is standing by. Mike, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, Rick. Long time no speak. Great yeah. show. Thank you. And I just wanted to let you know, uh, callers know, Ed, Jack, I could talk for hours too, but it's an hour show. And the doctor <laughs> from Lake Successful. I mean, you know, let's get real, guys. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> Rick, uh, th- we're living in the twilight zone. And for kids, different high schools will have different agendas. The pressure on AD, ADs and coaches and everything else. It's still a question mark. When will it end and when will the vaccine arrive? And we don't know. Uh, you know, the, these invisible viruses have no borders. I, I read a piece. So, Rick, great show. I should write a book, like I've said in the past, of parents on the ball fields. I'm 66, by the way, Jack. I'm not too far <laughs> behind you. But anyway, played some ball, played some college baseball. I got hit in the head too many times, I told friends. Sometimes I, you know, have a loss of concentration. <laughs> Rick, well, all th- the best. Uh, uh, thanks for touching base, and, and always a pleasure listening to you. Unlike any show anyone will ever see on TV or hear on the radio, youth sports. Yeah. 
Thank you, Mike. Uh, and, and, you know, we've covered a lot of ground this morning, and I think, as I said, as we, we march ahead toward trying to get some, some decisions when it comes to high school sports for this fall and, and youth sports and travel sports, uh, we're all looking for solutions. We're all looking for some sort of concrete uh, moving forward. But the problem is, as we heard from all the callers this morning, we're still dealing with, uh, with, a, with an opponent which, quite frankly, has the upper hand. They, the COVID-19 pretty much does what it wants to do and, and uh, it doesn't really abide by our time schedules or our rules and regulations. It, it, it does what it wants to do. Look, look at uh, what's happening, uh, obviously, in Florida and in Texas and in California where they're going through a surge of, of cases over the last week or so and they're having not to shut down the, 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 the states there in terms of going to bars and things like that. Uh, this is a real concern. And when I hear reports like from a you know, from Jack Smithland about in South Carolina that they're playing ball there and it's like never happened. There's no, no, nobody's social distancing. Nobody's wearing a face mask. What, what are these parents thinking? What are these coaches thinking? They, they think this is not happening? I mean, maybe now, maybe the, the silver lining is the fact that the, the rest of the country is beginning to see that this is a real, real concern in their neck of the woods. I, I don't know, but we've been through this up here. We're still trying to grapple with it. I, I feel for, as I said before, for the athletic directors, I feel for coaches, I feel for parents, and, of course, I feel most for, for the kids who are eager to go back. But, again, we've been through this now for three three months. Uh, you know, the, the Spanish flu pandemic in 1918, that lasted three years, for gosh sake. So, you know, this is something we're going to have to, to sort of find our way with. We're going to have to find, figure out a way to try to get our kids back playing sports, staying in shape physically, and, of course, ideally get them back to school in a way that's safe, that everybody can, can prosper and, and do well. But right now, we're still looking for answers, and I, I, I don't have those answers. Uh, as I said, travel teams might have been something to consider, uh, and maybe they still are, but only if they're overseen in such a way that, that kids aren't just uh, going out there and you know, not having their temperature checked uh, or not being uh, exposed to situations where they're going to bring that, the, the, the COVID back home to their parents. It, it is a very, very difficult situation to be sure. Uh, I, 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 again, We'll continue to talk about this in the weeks to come because obviously there will be decisions being made. But, and I, I just want to caution, you know, the listeners and sports parents in particular, you understand this is going to be a most challenging fall. And as we've heard from uh, the people in charge uh, in the States, it's going to be different in schools. It's going to be different when it comes to high school sports. So we'll hope and pray for the best, but be prepared for the worst. As simple as that. Okay, that's going to do it for this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks this morning to Pete Hoffman. Please stick around for Susan and Howie. They're up next, and I'll see you next Sunday right here on The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.